Welcome to Homicide the Podcast. I almost forgot that. You did. Uh, hello, I'm Kevin. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of Homicide the Podcast. Hello and welcome. Welcome. To episode nine. Before we tell the title, hi Anna, Anna is here. Yes. <laughs> we were just talking about maybe doing a whole episode in ASMR. Is that what it is? ASMR? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where we talk like this. So you can barely like hear it, but it's all just I like... Just, I kind of love doing this like I could do it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about listening to ASMR, but that is fun. So that right? is fun, like, yeah. So we, we actually are going to do that at some point, and uh, we hope you enjoy it and maybe don't. This is our first time recording in the morning. I know. Morning murders. It's weird. It is, actually. So we have coffee. It's... What did I text yesterday? Coffee and murder? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yum. It's a great time to talk about murder. Yeah, first thing geez. in the morning. I'm much more of a morning, this is surprising, but I'm much more of a morning person and a night person, both. Brandon yeah, it's is really not. annoying. Yeah, Brandon's <laughs> not. Anna, what are you? Are you both? Or are you one with the other? I'm a morning person, for mm. sure. Yeah, I don't think I'm either. I think, no. are you an afternoon person? I, no. no. Neither. I'm, not, just, none. I'm just not a person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not a person ever. <laughs> yeah, no, Brandon is not very nice in the morning, um, and he falls I'm, asleep around nine. Okay, and no. he's not very adventurous. So. That's all not true. <laughs> I <don't>. Damn. <laughs> uh, it was half true. I will pass out if we're watching something boring, so which everything? Kevin usually puts on. I do the same thing. I'm. I usually go to bed pretty early. Do you really? Yeah. But I like, I still don't get to bed until like midnight or after midnight. That's because I stay out here. Yeah, and he's he's the type that if I start to get tired, he starts to like poke me and like, like try to wake me up and get my attention, and and then we get into an argument because I'm like, leave me alone, and you're like, you're not fun. And I say, I don't care. I'm tired. It's definitely, it's definitely our evenings for sure. Every evening, I think. Every evening. That's exactly how it plays out. Yeah, My evening really is I start to get tired around 9, 30, 10. <laughs> and then I put my head down on my boyfriend's lap and I'm like, rub my head. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> that's really funny. I th- See, this is relationships. This is, right. um, yeah, this is how it plays out. There's always the one that's like, annoying me. Yeah, with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, no. There's the extrovert and the introvert. I'm an um, extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Maybe not. I think most of the people who know you would say, "What? No, you're extroverted." I always forget that you know me more than I know myself. You're welcome. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to episode nine, Brandon. What is the title of this episode? Uh, not you my, li- not my personal one. Oh, but this. Did we title this one? It's just yeah. today's episode is on religious murders. Yes. Yeah, so the so title, I don't think we have an actual we, title. We do. It's right here. So episode. I'm nine, not looking at your notes. My we love. talked about this when we were sitting doing I know, it, and we laughed. I know, it. but when I just said that, and I looked over, you said that's. I thought you meant that was your. Oh, you're seeing both. So this is my my story title, and then this is the episode. Sorry, friends, title. we didn't have our shit together. I didn't have our shit together. When we <sighs> Maybe did. mornings are not the time to record. <laughs> Anyway, episode nine, Religious Murders, but it is titled, Our God is an Awesome God. Our God <laughs> is, is an awesome, awesome God, he reigns. Sorry, everyone. Right? Yeah. So I, okay, quick little story before we dive in. I, when I was in foster care, <laughs> lived at this religious foster home. Their names were the Petersons. And it was an all boys home. They had way too many kids there. We all shared bedrooms and it was weird. Anyway, every summer, you know, they wanted a break and they loved their God. So they sent us to a camp in... <laughs> I think it was at Evergreen, Colorado. And it was called Camp Idrahaji, which stood for Camp I'd Rather Have Jesus. 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. It was Isn't that amazing? It was a very major cultural appropriation there as well. They had like teepees everywhere. There actually and... always is. Yeah, it was very absolutely like, at a summer wow. camp. It's uh-huh. like it's always yeah. named after. And it was all white kids, a Native American tribe. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, named after. I mean, they clearly made up their own shit, but they made it sound very. Mm. Well, that's the idea. So that's yeah. I do remember it being quite fun because I felt like maybe a normal kid in a in a, a life of not, but every day was like Bible study. And I, I did think at the time this was cool. We would all sit by a big fire and sing songs. Our God is an awesome God was one of them uh, <laughs> as a group. And I, I did like that. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I lived for I that. Did. Yeah. But, <laughs> That's uh, everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Which I still love, but. But. What? They didn't have like a guitar or anything at mine because it was Church of Christ and it's like against their whatever to have <laughs> what? instruments. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like I, I was not Church devil? of Christ, but I just went because my <laughs> friends were going. Totally. Yeah. And this girl was like, What church do you go to? And I told her, and she was like, Well, do they have an organ or a piano? And I was like, Yeah, there's an organ. And she was like, Well, then you're not a Christian. Uh. <laughs> I was like, I mean, that might be true, but like. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. That's probably true. But. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even for me, I wow. was, I knew religion wasn't for me when I was younger. We grew up Roman Catholic. Oh yeah, Brandon, what and did you for do? some reason, and I don't know, actually, no, I, I think I might know, but for some reason, I told my parents that I wanted to become an altar server. <laughs> You know, the people who dress up in their white robes oh, and like I did that. hold the candles. I, yeah, so I did that. I'm pretty sure like back then I knew that I was gay and I knew that I didn't want to <laughs> be like, gay. I just want to wear a robe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Say. I know. But Were you the one walking of, out swinging like the, 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 in, just the like, frankincense? <laughs> <laughs> like riding it. Yeah. <laughs> like that. For those who are listening, I just put my arm up like a, a lasso. I, I didn't like mean to say riding, riding it. A, yeah. yeah um, that sound, that wouldn't start. Yeah. <laughs> that was right. bad. But I'm pretty sure I did it because I knew that I was gay and I didn't want to be gay. So I was like, maybe this is a path I could go, which in hindsight was awful. That's the darkness. But my, my mom, my mom, I think just knew that I would not like it. And she was like, okay, well, if you do this, you can't quit. You have to see it through. You have to go through yeah, it. Brandon's mom and do does it. not fuck around. Yeah. So I started to do it. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so for eight Ew. years, Ew, I was an altar years. server. Did you do it until you were 18? I was, I think I was in high school, but by the time it was at the end, I didn't do it as much. But I Is remember one time. Before, or, sorry, go ahead. Do this and then I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. So I knew at one point I was like, this isn't for me because there was one priest at this church we were at that I did not like. He was always super rude and just mean and just not a good human. Yeah. If you're a priest. Yeah. Sounds that makes sense. Right. He would stand on the altar but on the edge and like teeter his feet on and off of it and all I can think of while I'm sitting up there is I hope you fall oh <laughs> I hope you fall I hope you fall and then I was like I'm I, I this isn't for me it's not uh, it's not for me and then wasn't there a story about, about the church we were at before that yeah. Yeah, yeah so I guess in my family just has weird church stories we were at another church in the town next to us and it was a church that I think like my family went to for quite a while you know, at Catholic churches, you have the envelopes that they give you to put the donation in and you do it every whatever. Well, my parents never used the envelope. They always just put cash in the basket. Me, my brother and sister would go to Sunday school. My brother was a little bit more active in in uh, in everything. So he would get into a lot of trouble. And, <laughs> and so one, t- one day, the priest and I think just one of the nuns brought my 
mom and dad, or maybe it was just my mom, into to talk to them about my brother. And then they talked about how all of their kids were unruly and caused issues and this and that. And this was at a point in my life where I barely talked. I was a super shy kid. I was not doing anything. And my mom was like, there's no way Brandon would do that. And then they started talking about, well, you guys also don't donate. Uh, And they said, we see all the collections every, every month or every week and we never see your envelope. And they basically... Uh, They basically kicked us out of the church because they didn't have proof that we donated to them. What? What? It's a donation. Exactly. And you're a a Catholic church. You're not like. This is why I think churches should be should be taxed. But that's a different. One hundred percent. This is this is religion. Yeah. And then after that, I I decided to be an altar server. So that was. Oh my gosh! (laughs) No, I I went to a pretty unproblematic church. I mean, as Mm. far as a church can be unproblematic, (laughs) but I was an acolyte and. It was, I mainly did it because there were barely any kids at our church. And my mom was like, we have to do this. <laughs> You're one of the only children here. And I was like, oh, fine. Fine, I'll do it. Wow. Yep. I just, yeah, once I got adopted and it was actually pretty ingrained in me. Once I got adopted, I got adopted into a non-religious family, really, which is interesting. But I was like, I need to go to Sunday school and youth group. And so I still <laughs> went like a few months into being adopted that shit stopped quick. Yeah. So yeah, they were just not, they just weren't religious people at all, which thankfully they weren't because there was no sort of religion pushed on us. We never went to church ever. The Mormon family, which I talked about last, I think a few episodes ago, definitely tried to, you know, get my mom or my adopted mom to maybe go over to the dark side, but she (laughs) didn't fully do it other than, you know, farm stuff and her bread from the bread market that they introduced her to. That was like eight days old. (laughs) That she would always get, which was weird. Just to make a note of it, yeah. is that although religion doesn't work for us, if it works for you, we love that for you. Sure. And we will not, whatever our views are, we're yeah. not pushing it on you. We'll secretly judge <laughs> you, just like you secretly judge us. Right? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, if, uh, if whatever, you know, God, whatever works for you, then great. As long as you don't push it on other people, I think it's great. Yeah, if you need it in your life to feel yeah. Don't fulfilled. throttle us Fabulous. with... Yeah, don't throttle people with your religion. Rude. (laughs) Two announcements before we dive into the episode. So again, our homotown murders. Uh, You've already heard one, uh, which is exciting. So send in more, please. We are getting a few, so we're spreading them out for sure. But um, send in your homotown murder to murder at homosidepodcast.com. Did you forget what you were saying? I sure did. Yes. Uh, Write into us or send your homotown murder to murder at homosidepodcast.com. So then that way we can share them on our Thursday Homotown episode. And then also, I believe that today, no, we have one more week for our What's the Tea giveaway. So please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Only a five-star review. Either just the five stars or write something out so people know that we're fabulous. And to take a screenshot of it before you hit submit so that uh, you can share it on your social and, and shout us out. Yeah. Yeah. What's the tea? Awesome. All right, are we ready to dive into our God is an awesome God? Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you found this week. Thank you. Me too. This is a, a short and cute. Okay, why do I do that? It's not cute, but it is a short episode compared to some of my recent ones. This story is called A Self Proclaimed Prophet Named Woo Woo. Sounds like 2023. Woo Woo? Woo Woo. Like yeah. just the noise, <clears throat> noise woo. 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 <laughs> if you met somebody named Woo Woo, would you be like, 
Well, it depends. If it was a, like a white male that was named Woo Woo, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? So if it's a white male with tattoos that looks like a redneck named Woo Woo, what would you think? I mean, I probably would just not. And they were arrested in Florida. What would you think? I mean, this all makes sense. Duh. Duh. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Sounds like a murderer. <laughs> okay. So it was the night of October 1st, 2019. <laughs> Quite recent. When Christopher Scott Short was doing laundry at the Celebrity Coin Laundry in Greenville, Tennessee, a man entered pulled a gun, bound him, and walked him out of the laundromat at gunpoint. The entire abduction was caught on camera. Around 2 a.m., Christopher's wife tried to text him, but received in what it was said to be a vile, nasty, ugly text. She called the police who responded to the laundromat, discovering Christopher's car to be missing. So the next morning, this is weird to me because, and I'll say in a minute, but the next morning, customers of the laundromat found Christopher's body behind the laundromat in a pool of his own blood. And he had been stabbed to death. Oh, my gosh. This would become one of three confirmed, but possibly eight, total murders. This is a story of serial killer Stanley Woo Woo (laughs) Mossberry, a self-proclaimed prophet who is also known as a spree killer. Oh, a spree killer. Mm -hmm. The The spree. spree, The spree killer. Oh, I thought that was like a a murder term. I mean, maybe. I don't think so. I think the cops dubbed him the spree, the spree killer. But the, the interesting thing, though, is that these cops went at this laundromat at 2 a.m. Did they not walk the entire building? Right. Because They're his in body was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's like in the movies when they just go and knock on the front door and they're like, no one answered. And they walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. So Stanley is originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and he's 35 years old. Or was, I think, at the time. So his nickname is Woo Woo which is actually tattooed on his back between his shoulder blades. Could you just call him woo-woo this whole time? I'm, I will and be. And not Stanley? Okay, good. I, I mean, I, I didn't write woo-woo, but I wrote Stanley, but I think I can remember woo-woo. <laughs> What's interesting about this, and it's probably because it's so recent, Stanley, there's not much on his upbringing, like at all. Like, I did some research and I just could not find much. So if you're listening and you know anything about this human let us know but not much there so after christopher which we just talked about at the laundromat stanley woo woo actually stole his car and drove to his sister's house in spartanburg south carolina which is where he's from which he then ditched the car into a nearby scrapyard which i didn't know that things like that were called a scrapyard yeah but i'm assuming that they get scraps from the cars yeah well people will go to a scrapyard if they're fixing up their car and try to take pieces oh, off yeah. of old junk cars. And I have zero experience in that. Yeah, my so. dad used to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, he would go oh. occasionally if he was working on the cars. Wow. Yeah. What a man's man. I know. I, yeah. Not for me. It's not me. <laughs> so Stanley's sister then drove him from North Carolina to Atlanta, bought him a bus ticket on the Greyhound to Orlando, and then Stanley then traveled to Orlando and then kept traveling to Sefner, Florida, which I'll talk about Sefner in just a second. And then he stole somebody's uh, pickup truck, which was like a black pickup truck. So pause there. Okay, Sefner, Florida. <laughs> it is a very weird area. It is. It's and where my fact, brother yeah. in his family lives. <laughs> and there was, it was on the news probably maybe 10 years ago at this point. Basically, I don't know if anybody's familiar with sinkholes, mm. but they're terrifying. Yes. And in Sefner, Florida, a big sinkhole opened, oh, opened, 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 opened. <laughs> opened up underneath somebody's house and ended up swallowing the house. But basically, this guy was in his bedroom, like sleeping. sleeping. His, and bedroom. His, <laughs> his bedroom. His bedroom. His <laughs> bedroom. Uh, that's right. I love that, Anna. Anyway, he was in his bedroom and 
basically the sinkhole opened up, swallowed him whole. I remember hearing about yes. this. Yes. And his like brother ran into the room. And his brother, his other, you know, I think it was his brother, was like going into the hole. And he was like, hey, uh, it's awful. Yeah. Wait, what? And his brother his was, brother was in, the in the house too? too. Lived? Yeah. Like it didn't, it swallowed up the bedroom part of it. Like it opened up Just underneath the and then, no, I think it ended up swallowing the entire house maybe. I don't Maybe remember. It, it was a portion. Yeah. But anyway, the sinkhole <laughs> swallowed this guy up and they could not find him. Like That's they terrifying. never even received, That's they horrifying. never even got his body. That's being bur- buried alive. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, could you, uh, could you imagine waking up and just being like, uh, no, no. Where am I going? Like, I don't oh, know. God. Terrifying. But they also call, I've heard many people call Sefner Methner too. <laughs> What? Yeah, I've heard that. I that's not factual. I have no idea. If you do meth, that's if you love it, great. I'm so glad. For okay, you. but let's please don't do meth. Yes, don't do meth. But, I mean, and if you need help, there's people out there. So please seek help. There's there's, there's people. There's help. organizations. There's, yes. Yes. Oh God, that's horrible. Anyway, Sefner. Yeah, it's an interesting little area too. It's a lot of farm. I don't know. It's it's an interesting place. It's anyway, Florida. Where Brandon's brother lives is actually kind of cute, I think. Yeah, it is. He ends up in Sefner, Florida. Steals a black pickup truck. Mr. Woo Woo. So two days later, Woo Woo ends up pawning property at a pawn shop in Auburndale, Florida. So from there, he then traveled to Winter Haven, where at 4 p.m. on Sunday, October 13th, he was chased away from trying to enter somebody's home. But that same day, he ended up getting into... Another person's home. He found the home of 66-year-old Kenneth Beaver and 61-year-old Marguerite Mori. So he ended up hopping their fence, approached Mori, branding a BB gun, which I don't know if you guys could ever tell the difference between a BB gun and a regular gun, but at this point in my life, I would not be able to. No, I mean, if I saw somebody holding something, I would freak out anyways. <laughs> yeah, I remember when on the farm, my adopted, I think, mom had gotten a BB gun, gave it to me to like shoot the pigeons that were around there, <laughs> and I didn't do it. <laughs> Obviously. She just really wanted me to kill shit, didn't she? She did. Yeah. It's anyway. like she wanted you to become a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I raised that serial killer. <laughs> Jesus. Now, though, I would not be able to tell the difference. I think, I remember it being looking like a shotgun, but it was a little bit thinner. Yeah, I would be able to tell the difference. You would be? Yeah. Okay. I mean, being from Tuck Church. Oh. <laughs> They're just thin. Makes sense. Low They're very gun. thin and look like toy guns. They're almost. thin. Yeah, but I do remember it being big. They're very long. Yeah. yeah I've never um, really... They just don't have yeah. as many, like a real gun has a bunch of like shit on it. I don't yeah. know how to yeah. describe it, no, but yeah. a BB gun yeah. is literally just like a barrel. Yeah. Basically. It's kind of like in a Christmas carol. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. That gun. Do you remember that movie? Wasn't that like a slingshot? No, it was like a, it was a gun. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was a BB gun. And then he like BB gun, yeah. shoots all of the things. Pew, pew, in the, pew. Yeah. I think that they can still enter your body, right? Like BBs? I don't know. I I would like to not I don't test think, that out. I don't. Mm, maybe, maybe that can be an episode death maybe, by maybe bb gun a pigeon it can <laughs> enter their body because yeah. they're you know different um, they're different <laughs> anyway so he approaches marguerite and uh, has this bb gun and follows her into the home basically taking over their house so kenneth was home at the time as well they also had a roommate but i'll get to him in a second but once inside, Kenneth ended up lunging at Woo Woo, but Woo Woo hit him in the head with a BB gun and then stabbed him to death which oh my with gosh. a kitchen knife. Oh my gosh. So then Stanley ends up tying up Marguerite. Around 10.30 of that same night, their roommate, whose name is Donald Cole, returned home to find Stanley in the home and his female roommate tied to a chair. 
Stanley Woo Woo approaches Donald and told him that he had guns and knives and would kill him if he resisted. So Donald ended up getting tied to a chair with computer cords and phone cords. So Stanley then demanded money and valuables and was given a combo to the safe in the house. Ultimately, Donald was tied up in a separate area than Marguerite in mm-hmm. the house, but Marguerite was like in the background, at least this is what he said, telling him like just do what he says and he won't tie you up because she had been there with him for a hot minute. She's tied up in the office and then he's somewhere else, I'm assuming in the living room where he walked in, but they're in different areas. So Stanley then told, I have Tom in here, but I don't know who Tom is, <laughs> so that's inaccurate. Donald. <laughs> so Stanley told Donald, that the man that lived in the house tried to, which now we're talking about Kenneth from earlier, but basically Woo Woo told Donald that um, he tried to fight back and because he did, he made him suffer before he killed him, breaking a knife off inside of him. Oh my gosh. Woo Woo is so That's cool. some force. Mm-hmm. Donald then said um, over the next few hours that Woo Woo would go in and out of the office, then eventually came out and said that he ended up killing Marguerite, but did so quickly because she was so cooperative 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 did i say that wrong no i mean like who oh. it's like the cult killings episode where it like i know and what it's do you so mean by cooperative too. that's awful right but I'll, also i would be pissed if i was being cooperative and then they were like i'm gonna kill you anyway right you know i'll be like fuck you i'm gonna put up a fight yeah so the next morning he goes overnight that's when he kills marguerite so the next morning woo woo um unties donald and tells him that both kenneth and marguerite were his his seventh and eighth victim that he has killed and that god told him to kill them but that god told him not to kill donald and then he said that he needed to kill he needed to kill 11 people for god yeah because that makes sense he also told donald that he liked killing people and actually secret he wanted to be a serial killer oh okay woo woo ended up turning down the ac in the home and i read that donald was like can you please turn that up and he's like i'm just envisioning him just like sitting on this couch being like, hey, it's cold in here. Can you turn up the, the air? But Woo Woo told him that the victims would begin to smell and that it needed to stay low. And then he started to clean the house with bleach. Once he like cleaned it, whatever, he ended up getting all these clothes and valuables, stole them, put them all into Marguerite's SUV. And he told Donald that he would return later to remove the bodies with other people. And that told him that if he would move or if he called the cops that he would kill him. So Donald, being scared, just sat there for hours no. Did not seek help right away because he was obviously scared. I mean, and I understand being terrified, but get the fuck out. Run. I would. I would get have been the like, fuck out. Call the police. Like in a moment, I would just ran out the back and started screaming and waving my arms. Yes. I don't know. Something. Yes. Right. Cause a scene. Make it so if he was to be there, then. Yeah. That's easy for us to say, that. though. I've never been in that. 100%. It's like but. when you watch a, a scary movie and you're like, why are you running upstairs? I know. <laughs> yeah. Like run out of the house. You yeah. Later that day, I think it was probably about four hours later, he ended up running to a neighbor's house and calling the police. So the police came and they found both victims with wounds to their neck and chest. And the police quickly connected Woo Woo to the pawn shop and the murder in Tennessee. And Donald was actually to was able to quickly pick him out from a photo lineup. It was very, that very, happened quick. very quick. Like yeah. it, it happened within like a two week span. It was really quick. Officers actually ended up looking for Marguerite's SUV and they tracked it down a half mile away in a driveway. Oh, just a few streets over. Like it was just half mile. And then the black truck was like also over there. Yeah. Was it like, why, why there was it? Was he there? No clue. So yes. So uh, when they arrived at the, the SUV, the people that were outside of the house right now, out there saying uh he's in our home 
So basically he went into this other home and the people I, I'm assuming got out. So I couldn't, there wasn't like a lot of information on this. And for, unfortunately this gnat man in my nose, <laughs> when the officers went to go into the home and search, they heard two gunshots after they obtained a search warrant. Cause I guess they had to like wait for that, which I guess makes sense. They ended up calling the SWAT team and the SWAT team surrounded the home and a standoff took place for Hours. I think it was like 14 hours or oh some shit like that. It was a long time. Around 5 a.m. on October 15th, officers were finally able to take Stanley into custody from within the house. But there was a lot of, like, he was shooting and all this kind of shit. So once they got him arrested, Stanley admitted to killing at least three people, those three people for sure, which is the guy in Tennessee, Chris, and then the two, Kenneth and Marguerite. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, he killed them because God needs them for the war. And then <laughs> reporters were around. And okay. so he ends up having this, uh, what they called a bizarre exchange, which all this was like the Tampa Bay Times and ABC Action News. Like it was all yeah. Tampa I Bay. I mean, so far it's all bizarre. Yeah. So. In this weird exchange, he he's like being you know guided and he has like this bloody bandage on his forehead and he's like shaking his head and just like smiling and staring down journalists, which is creepy. That's by super the way. creepy. But, but he, for somebody who wanted to be a serial killer you're sure sense. acting like one so anyway he ends up saying i'm a prophet not a serial killer they're I'm always doing, prophets i know <laughs> yeah. i'm doing what god tells me to do y'all will see god and there's gonna be angels and demons fight from god there's a war everybody will see okay if, okay but, but see if god is supposed to be this like all loving human why why war listen it makes no sense. I never remember his name. Why war? Yeah. Why Why war? But his, I think it ends in Tyson. Like Mike? No. (laughs) No. I might be wrong with the name. I always see him. No, I have to look him up. But he basically says that God is, uh, in in his opinion, he's like all based in science, that God is not always, is either not good. Shit, let me look it up. Is not all good. Or, oh yeah, he says, ooh. Well, in Greek mythology, gods are cruel because they're immortal so they don't they think it's like fun to play around with human suffering yeah i don't see how in christian like ideology you get to god loves war yeah you know like i don't i don't know where that logical yeah yeah me neither it doesn't make sense so it's actually by neil degrassi degrass degrassi tyson oh yeah He's amazing, by the way. He always pops up on my TikTok in general. Uh, and he's actually been doing this whole thing with Joe Rogan. Which Joe Rogan's <laughs> not my not my fave, but yeah. <laughs> but there, it's like kind of all science-based in general. But he says in, not to direct quote, but that in his opinion, God, they say that God is all good and all powerful. But he says God is either all good and not all powerful or all good all powerful or all all powerful and not all good and he's and i'm like 100 percent because he's like because what you see in the world and the suffering if he's all powerful and all good then that wouldn't be happening so kind of all of this shit that that uh woo woo was saying is just like and there's a war like it's all fear-mongering like this is what religion is to me is that they want you to comply and thus they've created this deity that's all based in fear like Oh, when you die, you will not be in the afterlife. People get scared of that because oh, know. nobody knows what happens when yeah. you die. So that's what they play off of. And yeah. it's horrible. This is why I hate, I'm also an atheist, but this is why I hate religion in general is because it's all based in fear yeah. and compliance for something that you actually can't prove exists. Yeah. 
current status of this case. So currently, so he admitted to the three, obviously, but it is still working through the judicial judicial system. <laughs> judicial. Judicial. <laughs> it reminds me of Judius. <laughs> Judy. Boy Nuano from a few episodes back. Anyway, uh, so he is charged uh, in Florida with two counts of first-degree murder and three counts of attempted first-degree murder of a law enforcement officer because of the standoff. Two counts of armed kidnapping, robbery with a firearm, and other felonies filed during the course of the investigation. That's a lot of fucking charges in Florida. And you know Florida has a death penalty. So in August, prosecutors filed a motion, August of this year, prosecutors filed a motion to apply new statutory death penalty procedures signed into law in April by Florida's governor, which basically states that if fewer than eight jurors determine that a defendant should be sentenced to death, the jury's recommendation to the court must be a sentence of life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So in September of this year, during a status hearing in Florida, the trial date was continued to June 2024, so the state could keep the death penalty. This was 2019 yeah. when this happened. Now, obviously, a lot of things slowed during COVID. Oh, yeah. For quite some time. It, like, put a halt on a lot. Yeah, but in June court. 2024, he is charged separately in Tennessee for the murder of, of Christopher, but and that's with first degree, but they cannot extradite him back to Tennessee until Florida has all their court proceedings done. So these poor people, Christopher's family in yeah. Tennessee are just like holding. Just waiting. That's got to be so awful. Yeah, and they know that he's like, obviously he's in prison and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, at least he's well. admitted to it. So they're not sitting here being like, who did this yeah. deal? Or and there's not a lot. Fight. There's not a lot of information like hap- like going on about it right now. Back, I think, in episode one, we talked about like serial killers and like what uh, constitutes them as such. And it's three. And so regardless of this possible eight or whatever that he's saying that he did, he d- he has killed three. Gross. Yeah. Woo-woo. And if you look him up online, you're like, ugh, God. <laughs> Looks like backwoods ass. Just people I stay away from. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, goodbye. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, um, with a name like woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stanley. Like, I wonder how he got that name. I don't know. And I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. It just literally said that he has it on his back. A tattoo on his back. And, like, he's only a few years younger than me, so I'm like... Of his own name? A tattoo of his own a name. A tattoo of his own name on his back. That's yeah. just, like... Gross. You're putting a name tag on your body. <laughs> People call me woo-woo. It's now on me. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would I be have like, to remind no. myself yeah, that's right. my name. Wait, what is it again? I've had a lot of nicknames over the years. Not very nice ones as well. Kevo. <laughs> my biological sister, Kimberly, would always call me Kavina. <laughs> She knew I was gay too, clearly. <laughs> in my first foster home, Families First, in Colorado, we um, had dress up that we played a lot. And I would always dress up in loads of clothing, but always with heels. I mean, of course. Well, thank you so much, Kevina. That was a great story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, that was the story of a self-proclaimed prophet named Woo Woo. Love it. Definitely sounds like something from this year. Yeah. So with that, Brandolinus. No, now it's my turn. Are you ready? I am. Well, cool. Well, my story today is on the murder of Sister Abaya. Sister. Yeah. So I'm going to preface this with, this is a story about a, obviously a nun who got murdered in India. A lot of the sources I found were not in English. So I had some trouble getting information, but I took, I did my best with grabbing everything that I could to make it into the narrative uh, to tell the story in the best way that I can. So apologizing, apologizing. I apologize now for how much I will mess up these names. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay. And now I'm out of breath because I got a an intermission. We need to to lose weight, Brandon. I know. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> Anyways, thank sure. you for fat shaming. Uh, um, <laughs> I said we. I know. That's a collective. <laughs> Do you see my man boobs? Come on now. Shut up. All right. From a young age, Sister Abaya, born Bina Thompson, had a big interest in God and her faith. Being that her and her family grew up in Katima, India, which had a very large Catholic population, this polite and quiet child who would keep her head down and religiously read the Bible, taking comfort in its teachings, it was no surprise that she would be interested in following a path to becoming a nun, telling her family that she was being called to the religious life. So at the age of 19, Bina decided to study at the Kenaya Catholic Church, and it's here where she would adopt the, adopt the name Sister Abaya. So on March 27th, 1992, Sister Abaya woke up roughly at 4 a.m. to begin her day at the convent as uh, she had exams to prep for. Is it weird that I just keep, every time you say sister, I keep thinking sister, sister. <laughs> it literally thought, is just playing in my head. That's funny. I'm thinking I, sisters, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god, that's even better. I was waiting for you to do like a sister act, like no reference, my, not that. Oh, and that, I love that one no, too. No, that one's even better. I just saw a TikTok of some drag queens doing that. Uh, Are you song serious? Earlier, yeah. Who was it? It was was Ginger Minj. It was Ginger Minj oh, and somebody oh, else. Do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? I used to watch it way more in high school. I haven't watched it okay. in a really long time. So good. We haven't watched it in a few. We know yeah. one of well, we did Jovan, who is actually Evie um, Oddly. I did a show with in denver and so knew him for yeah. a little bit and then once he you know got famous that was that was that so jovan rude <laughs> but he is actually very talented oh very so, talented. Uh, yeah. it was cool to see him up on tv and uh, i'm sure i'll never talk to him again so that's <laughs> you never know maybe <clears throat> oh, he'll I'll call him see out. our podcast and want to be on once it. i'm once i make it into some shit i'll call you out <laughs> all y'all motherfuckers i'll call you out all right uh, you're so funny <laughs> Anyway, sister, sister, <laughs> <Yeah>. sisters, <laughs> done. Okay, cool. So it was roughly 4 a.m. where she uh, woke up at the convent to s- start studying and prepping for her exam. Getting ready for the day, she ended up running over to the kitchen to grab some water. And although no one had admitted to seeing her do this, like anybody else admitted to seeing her doing this, it was evident by the open bottle of water spilling onto the tiled floor and the refrigerator was opened that something was wrong hmm. the next day. So... With an odd sense of, I'm a little lost. Sense of, I'm sorry. So, I think let me sister, just redo this. Lost me. I know. Let me go back a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. So on March 27th, 1992. Oh, we're going back to the beginning. Yeah. No, not the beginning. Oh, Sister Abaya woke up roughly at 4 a.m. to begin her day at the convent as she had to prep for exams. So getting ready for the day, she ended up running over to the kitchen to grab some water. And although no one had admitted to seeing her do this, it was evident that she had by the open bottle of water spilling that was had spilt onto the tiled floor in the opened refrigerator. With an odd scene of one of her slippers lying on the floor beside the fridge and her veil hanging from a snag on the door, the nun that came in some time after that day had no idea what they were about to uncover. Oh, so basically so she's gone at this, this point it's scene. yeah this is a scene that, that yes uh, a bit later on the same day the other slipper was found next to the well which was on the property of the convent and they found her body inside of, of the, the well. well yes oh so now from finding her body it would be a it would be 27 years until we actually knew what happened not until failed investigations and immense pressure from the nun's family and activists did we finally find out what happened it took all of that. Yes. I'll start with the investigations. So first, the investigation, right as the murder happened, opened by the Kotomaya, I, 
I'm sure I butchered that, West Police Crime Branch, which ended up being halted pretty quickly. First, they obviously exhumed her body. There was a doctor, Radic, I'm so I can't do that. It's R A D H A K R I S H N A N. Yeah, that's a lot. Wait, let me try it. It's Rad, Rad, Hakrishanan. Yes, sure. Rad Hakrishanan. Yeah. Emily Radajowski. Yeah. <laughs> what is that from? Emily Radajowski? Isn't isn't that a model? Oh. Did I just make up that name? <laughs> I have no idea. You did I'm, not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah, it's a model. I'm also really bad with names in general. So I, Yeah. So he was from the medical co- college and he examined her body, finding abrasions on her right shoulder, nail marks on both sides of her neck, lacerations on her head, and a skull fracture. There was no signs of sexual assault. So wait, nail marks as in like puncture? Like oh, cl- I think it was claw nail marks, not like a nail nail. Oh, got it. Not like a Why would my mind nail. go right to hammer nails? Uh, that's because it's religious. Oh, it, my right. mind did the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. they also examined her clothing and took photographs of her on end of the scene, all which they eventually destroyed due to the fact that the medical examiner eventually ruled her death as a drowning. Immediately, her family knew this couldn't be true. Sister Abayo is not someone who would be thinking of dying by suicide. Her brother was even quoted saying... I was so confused because she was happy and she was following her dream. Why would she have killed herself? So, okay. Now I know that this is a murder, but in general, suicide never makes sense to people. And they, and I think people typically are always like, oh my God, they were so happy. They would never, whatever. But the nail so, marks. No, I know. There's a lot like, more. I yeah. just, it, I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, like she's not clawing herself in. No. Come on. But um, yeah. So her father, Matthew Thomas, wouldn't stand for this ruling. So... Her family, alongside 67 nuns belonging to the same congregation, petitions India's Central Bureau of Investigation, CBI, so I'll be saying CBI from now on because that's too long, to take over the case (laughs) since they were the nation's premier investigation agency. Marty, rude. Don't bark. I'm talking. No barking. (laughs) Also, you said CBI. That's also the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. Well... And it's I only not know Colorado. that because I had to get my fingerprints done once because I, oh, Marty, Stop it. I taught an acting class and had to, and there was an acting class for kids and I had to obviously get a background yep. check and all that shit done. So that's the only reason why CBI. Yeah. Cool story. Great. So this so one CBI is Central is Bureau of Investigations. Central yeah. Bureau of Investigations. Yeah. yeah. So from here, the CBI. You were such a bitch. Cool story. Oh. <laughs> That was a very delayed response to that. I know I wasn't gonna call you out, but I did anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that when you say some stupid story. Okay. Cool story, bro. Do you remember that last You're episode? So sassy. When, do you remember that last episode when you were like, "Welcome to Homicide the Podcast," and you were like, "I'm I'm bro. your bro." Yeah. I from here, the CBI would file four different reports between 1993 and 2005. The first was in 1993. After opening their investigation, they ended up agreeing with the original police report that Sister Abaya died by suicide, and they urged the chief judicial magistrate to drop the case. This time, it was not accepted, and they kept the uh, case open. And I believe that was due to the chief judicial magistrate being like, no, let's keep looking into this. The second time was in 1996. After their investigation, it came up inconclusive. This time, they even used a full-size test dummy to do some experimental tests where the body was found. In this report, the investigators could not rule out a homicide, but it could not come to a conclusion. Seeing this as unsatisfactory by the chief judicial magistrate, the case stayed open. 
I love when they've used like a test dummy in yeah. some stuff. Cause like that happened a lot whenever you watch forensic files or I mean really any of those programs, them using a test dummy to like see how a body, like the impact or like just all that kind of stuff. I find to be very, very interesting. I agree. Yeah. Right. It, cause it, it gives them a different kind of perspective of, okay, how would the body have fallen? How yeah. could the body have landed? How, how did that actually happen? I, it probably gives a, a real, well, because you also, they also have to, try to figure out okay how did this person get these injuries is it possible that they got the injuries by being thrown or falling well, into the well or not and i think just the scene leading up to the well like i just can't it's imagine that somebody being like let me take my veil whipping off out and your... hang that here yeah. and here's one sample yeah. and then yeah like that just is yeah the third time in 1990 was a bit different this time the report came back as a homicide although 90 or 99 1999 okay so the, the one before that was 96 right? yep okay cool. yep so although the investigators were not able to conclude who the perpetrators were and the report was not accepted by the courts keeping the case open so they weren't able to they said it was a homicide they just didn't know who did it or how so the case stayed open the fourth time in 2005 they had the same results but why i have in here so well the previous investigations made it a little bit more difficult after the first investigation the destruction of the clothing made it hard for them to per perform further tests the images of the scene was destroyed and they couldn't examine them any further and a thorough investigation never took place because of the ruling not much physical evidence was collected from the crime scene mm. so Throughout this time, there was a lot of criticism of the way the case was handled. There were countless protests and large rallies, and, and, and even the chief uh, judicial magistrate came out to say that the case could have easily been established had there been an honest and proper investigation. Yeah. Then finally, in 2009, things started to change. On the 1st of January, the doctor who examined the body, the doctor with the long name, informed investigators at the crime branch did not allow him to visit the crime scene, so he wasn't able to give a definitive answer of the death and that he handed over his report that showed six injuries that pointed towards homicide. Okay. So I have these six okay. listed. So one lacerated wound on the right side of the back of the head behind the top of ear, lacerated wound on the head behind the first injury, graze abrasion on the right side of the back below the lower end of the shoulder, shoulder blade with an upward and inward direction abrasions below injury number three so just below the last injury multiple graze abrasions on the outer aspect of the right buttock with the direction of the grazes that were upwards and inwards and then on dissection the scalp of the scalp tissue on the middle of the top of the head they found multiple bruising the brain showed localized sub arachnoid arachnoid i was gonna say that but it <laughs> took me a moment oh. uh, hemorrhage underneath the bruised areas However, he did say that some of these could have happened due to the fall in the well, um, but he did point mm. to them that it could have been that or homicide. So with this information and more in tow, they started to do interviews with people at the convent with their thoughts pointed to three specific people. And they were Father Couture, Father Jose, another long name, and I'll just spell it, P-U-T-H-U-R-U-K-K-A-Y-I-L, and Sister Steffi of the same convent. They decided to give these three people a narco analysis test in a narco analysis test is where they inject a drug called sodium pentothal um, that puts the person into a hypnotic sedated state so basically they gave them a truth serum is that, is that real yeah so it's an actual thing so it just puts them it basically puts them in this sedated state but they're like incapable of lying 
Well, no, it just gets them to like talk, I guess. I don't know. This is, it was, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Guys, there's probably a lot of that shit that we do not know exists, but yeah. it actually does. Yeah. While being under the serum, the three confessed. They talked about the night and said how Sister Abaya caught them, at least two of them, Father Couture and Sister Sefi, in the kitchen in a compromising sexual position. Being that they were a priest and a nun, they panicked. Mm -hmm. Sister Sefi grabbed an axe, which to me is weird because they're in the kitchen. Like, where did you get the axe? (laughs) I think the axe might have been in the kitchen. I don't know. They must not have been doing too much of an intense sexual act for them to be like, you know, if I was her, I I don't know. I would have been like, (gasps) you know, and left and not like stuck around as they grabbed an axe. I don't know if, I don't know. I think it was all very quick. I think it like, they saw it happened. Wow. Sister Sefi with the axe. She then struck uh, Sister Abaya three times with the blunt end of the axe while Father Couture allegedly strangled her. They then took her body and dumped it into the well uh, to dispose of it. Interestingly enough, the confession, the the confessions were filmed and the film was eventually leaked to the press. Um, And the videos are even on YouTube uh, where they're talking about what they did. However, it's not in English. I couldn't find transcripts. And there was some people who said that it could have been fake. But either way, I couldn't listen to it myself. Mm. So from here, it came out that Father Couture and Sister Sefi had an intimate relationship for quite some time. Now, being the Catholic Church, this was against their values. uh, So they went to extraordinary lengths to to hide their relationship and eventually coming to killing. From here, uh, finally came a formal charge for the murder of Sister Abaya, which shocked the entire community. However, in early 2009, the Calera High Court Justice K. Hema granted conditional bail to all three members. Because again, there there was corruption in this. So now just like before, it would be another nine years before any would face trial for the murder. Some believed because the suspects were prevalent leaders in the religious community that the church had a lot of people working for them. Many people came out to even say that it was difficult to come forward in any cases having to do with the with the high regarded Christian leaders. Jesus. But there was one witness, Adaka Raju, I think, um, who was really nervous to come out and tell the courts what he saw because he was a thief. And he was at the coven, the convent that night to steal copper plates because he had done it previously. So he was mm-hmm. going there to steal. And the prosecution went after him as not a likely source. However, when he went to the court to testify that that night he saw two men approaching the staircase to the convent. And one was definitely Father Couture. Now, this is odd because it's late at night and these two men are going into a convent, which is strictly only for women. That Obviously, the priest can no, go there during the day at fucking, nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. So this comes to the trial. So during the trial, a large focus was on the investigation being too long, that it was full of evidence tampering, destruction of documents, and a lack of investigation. And they considered this a, a cover-up. Being that the church was prevalent in the community, which at the time was around 1.8 million people, Jeez. the prosecution proclaimed that, and I quote, it is reasonable to suppose that Father Couture and had at his control the immense resources of the diocese in terms of money and material and could command the abstinence of priests, nun, and laymen. Obedience. I said abstinence. Yeah, yeah. Could command the obedience of priests, nuns, and laymen. That also works. Command the abstinence, too. That also works. Yeah. 
And luckily for the prosecution, the judge agreed. Finally, on December 20th, 2020, Jesus. 28 years, I'm sorry, I had a typo in the beginning. It's 28 years, not 27 years. After the murder, Father Kator and Sister Sefi were found guilty. What about that other murder? Father Jose ah. was eventually was acquitted to the lack of evidence that proves that the priest visited the convent on that day. What I gathered is that this other priest, I don't believe was part of the sexual acts. I think he just helped get rid of the body afterwards. Or they both were there before the murder and they both were fucking nuns. Yeah, it could have been that. There just wasn't any evidence on anything. So on December 23, 23, (laughs) December 23rd, this sentencing happened. Both were sentenced to life in prison along with seven years of imprisonment imprisonment for tampering with evidence and Father Couture was also charged with trespassing. To this day, Father Couture uh, maintains that he is innocent and he said, I have done no wrong. God is with me. I love how he is Father Couture like he's Couture, you know? And I'm probably saying it wrong, but... (laughs) His lawyer, his lawyer said the case relied entirely on circumstantial evidence, stating there is no conclusive evidence, and there was a delay in the investigation, a delay in finding the accused. There were so many loopholes. The court convicted them because the case became a sensation. I have a few interesting facts. Only one charge was made against the investigating officer, but that was dropped in 2008 after he died. Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't think they can do anything after yeah, that. Like, why? What's the point? <laughs> um, then uh, the pair. This is this is kind of fucked up. But the pair even tried everything they could do to cover up the murder. So according to CBI, Sister Sefi even underwent a hymenoplasty, which is a procedure to cosmetically repair a woman's hymen so she would appear as a uh, as a virgin the day before her arrest. Oh my god! Right. That's fucked up. Uh, the sad part is that her parents ended up passing away before they ever found out oh, what happened. Several witnesses have come out to say that the church tried to silence them when they tried to come yes. forward, which yes. worked because everyone was so scared. Yes. yes. And then this part, which I was I almost said earlier when you were talking about the narco test, but in 2010 the courts deemed the narco test as non-admissible. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, really the account from the witness is what drove the conviction. Wow. Yeah. Which is pretty Interesting. Yeah. So just because you're a priest and you get caught having sex with somebody, you just kill them. You know what this reminds me of is, did you ever watch that Netflix uh, documentary, The Keepers? Yes. It was so good. Have you seen that? It is so good. It is about, I mean, so there's just a lot of controversy. It's done well. The story's not good because it's about awful things. No, the story. I mean, the the documentary is just really well done. The story is horrible, but it's basically about this this teacher, sister or something, sister sister Catherine Sesnick. But basically, she was a teacher at this uh, all-girls, I think, Catholic school, yeah. right? And uh, discovered that the the dean, which has a different name, the top guy there, uh, was intertwined with like the police, and they had a ring of sexual abuse happening with all the girls in the school. Oh, I might have. I've seen something like that. Yeah, it's fucked. And she but, was murdered. And she was murdered when she found it out. And they think that it's the in the church was covering it up, and there's all these conspiracies. It's actually really, it's really well produced, and it's by these. It was these two women who were children at the school when it happened as a teacher. Yeah, and had her as a teacher, and they once it happened after it happened, and they became adults. They wanted to investigate, and they Mm -hmm. found out all of this information, and it was just it's very ongoing because I don't think that they. Like the guy's never been. Yeah. The church is, it, so it's so interesting. The Catholic church is like the absolute, I think, mm, 
I think that more shit's been uncovered with them. I'm sure that they're not the absolute worst because Christianity is just, all of it's fucked, I think. But with all of the controversy with the Catholic Church, with how they've abused boys, uh, girls, just and how intertwined and wrapped up they are with politics and stuff, it is terrifying. So, yeah, it's fucked up. But just all of these kinds of things start to remind me of, like, Spotlight, the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's fucked. Poor sister. Murderers in every space. Every sector of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. Our God is an awesome God. Is he, though? <laughs> For some, I guess. And is he a he? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Probably Oh, not. my God. <laughs> Gender nonconforming. <laughs> I remember in elementary school when they would be like, God is everywhere. God is everything. I would be like, oh, my God. So God is this pair of scissors. Like, <laughs> specifically, I was like, oh, my God. God is a pair of scissors. I mean, I could understand why that would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I think that there was probably a time in my life where I thought like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do, I shouldn't think that way, or I shouldn't I whatever mean, yeah. because God can see it, yeah, or whatever. I, my mind is going right to like he puberty sees you and you're sleeping. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's the same shit. Yeah. It's yeah. like let me just convince you to always be thinking somebody's yeah. looking how, at you. How can we control our children? We'll just tell them that there's like this all-seeing power that can yeah. see them at all times of the <laughs> like day. We can see everything. But then we're going to get so into it that we're going to believe it all ourselves as well. Uh, 100%. Like Frank from your what, oh, a couple yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. Mm. That weirdo. The that, prophet. Yeah, the prophet. Oh, the prophet. Again. Yeah, they're always prophets. Always a prophet. Fucking, hey, man. If somebody told me I'm a prophet, I'd be like, get away from me. Yeah. I never want to talk to you. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-woo. Yeah. Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was a fucked up episode. Yeah, and then our next episode is coming out the day after Christmas, and we're gonna—I think we're gonna be doing some Christmas killers. Yeah, we're gonna be doing some interesting Christmassy things to celebrate the holiday. Naturally, yeah. celebrate yeah. Christmas with some killings. Yeah, and then you can enjoy your your New Year's hangover with our episode on the second of January as yeah. well. So. Super excited. So remember two things, Homotown Murders, write in your Homotown Murder at murder at homicidepodcast.com. And then also, what's the tea giveaway? You motherfuckers need to rate us. Go rate us. <laughs> Only five stars, as we said. And on Apple. Yeah, you even know. if you hate it, just rate us five stars. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll catch you at the next episode. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.